Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellerud, and today I am joined by Mr. Tony Miller, our director of DSP. Tony, awesome to have you on the podcast. Glad to be back. It's It's been a little while, but uh, here we go. Looking yeah. forward to it. So for those who missed previous episodes, give us a quick rundown, like, background, how you got into Ad Advance, what you do, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, looking back, it's been over three years now. Came uh, came out of a financial industry. Uh, I was previously working for U.S. Bank, uh, dealing a lot with data, analyzing data to, to really help make decisions for people's lives. So able to transfer that skill set directly to what we do here on Amazon. You know, we're, we're looking at data every day, analyzing that data, trying to make the best informed decisions off of that data. Started my role here as an account manager um, over the past couple of years, really just kind of dove headfirst into the display side of things. Super intriguing, very interesting to me. You know, I love the the scheming, the planning, uh, all of the creativity that goes into display advertising. So like I said, just kind of dove headfirst into that and it naturally transitioned into, you know, kind of heading up our display efforts using Amazon's DSP. Yeah. Yep. So Tony's been a busy guy. We got Q4 coming up. Um, Definitely. You know, I've heard it's a bigger shopping period. <laughs> yeah. Usually we see a bit of an uptick for, uh, for most all accounts during this period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what we're, what we want to talk about today is as we're going into Q4, um, we have lots of individual event days and then obviously a major shopping period for many, many, many brands. And so what we wanted to talk through is DSP, Amazon's DSP is a really big piece of how we prepare for those events and how we set our brands up for success, both before, during, and after those events. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to have Tony on the podcast to talk through, you know, key strategies that we should be thinking through. Like right now it's mid-August, but for us on the retail side, like Q4 is the plans are already underway. <laughs> and yeah. so wanted to cover with Tony, like what's some key things that we should be thinking through overall as we're looking at our Q4 prep um, and for our advertising strategies, like where should we be focusing kind of timeframes to do that? What are key different areas on how we split up our advertising strategy and all that good stuff. So where do you want to start? <laughs> Goodness. I mean, First off, it's it's the planning phase. You know, we are in the planning phase with a lot of our clients right now. You know, some folks, we've already locked down a plan, got the, the fine details in place, ready to go come Q4. You know, so just thinking about timelines, what are you doing? First off, I guess, what are you hoping to accomplish? You know, a lot of our clients had an awesome Q4 last year. We can make it better. Sure. Confident in that. So it's really just coming up with a plan right away. Hey, what are you trying to accomplish? What are you doing to help accomplish that? And then we step in and show, hey, this is what we can then do to supplement what you're doing, uh, ultimately helping you reach those goals. So, you know, just thinking about you mentioned a couple of events. So coming up here, uh, I'm going to assume mid-October time frame, you know, Amazon's got their uh, big deals day, I think it's called this year. Yep. You know, thinking back to last year, they had the primarily access sale. And that was, uh, you know, kind of helping to kick off the Q4 holiday shopping spree, really. Mm -hmm. I think it did a, a great job of doing so. And that's, I think, kind of what we analyzed from our accounts is like, hey, that's when it started, you know, yep. basically until like 
you know, December 20 or so, whenever those shipping dates cut off is, is really go time there, you know, for a good two, two and a half months almost. So, you know, thinking about, Hey, am I going to be taking advantage of running a deal mid October, uh, with the big deal days? If not, you know, there's still going to be, I assume an influx of traffic coming to Amazon, people starting to think about, Hey, what do I buy for the holiday season for my loved ones, friends, family, all that, you know, then thinking about the other big deal, big deal, Dale, big deal days, goodness. Um, you know, the black Friday, cyber Monday, Turkey five, if you will, you know, making sure that you've got a plan in place around those days. If you don't have a plan in place, you know, you're still going to be able to take advantage of the traffic, uh, the, the higher purchase intent as well. Yeah. So it's funny to look back, like when Matt and I first started and now comparing the different holiday shopping trends to last year and mm -hmm. what we expect this year, the holiday shopping period is getting really stretched out. So definitely. before we definitely see it ramp up in November and then like, you know, peak time was Black Friday, Cyber Monday, that big weekend. And then it'd be strong through December until, um, you know, December 20th, whenever shipping dates can no longer deliver. Right, right. And now what we're seeing, especially with the prime big deal days or prime early access sales and other sales from other retailers, it's just continually pushing and pushing the holiday shopping period earlier. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a couple things that are coming out of this. Like one is the individual events, they're getting diluted a bit. So each of these individual events don't have quite as big of an impact. Before it was just focusing on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, that weekend, that was like the, the core time. Um, but the other thing is that now it's extending the prime shopping time into October because mm -hmm. now people are in that frame of mind. Maybe they didn't purchase something during these early events, but now you're thinking through it. Right. And then you're gearing up for the next big deal day to see if those items that weren't on sale for those previous ones are on sale for this upcoming one. So it, it's definitely shifted the focus where now instead of starting early November, it's mid-October. Right. And then prep and lead into that now has to start six to eight weeks before that or even longer in some instances. And that pushes us to right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Here we are. Yeah, it's plans. crazy when you work backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to that, key question we always get, mm -hmm. when should brands consider Amazon DSP and when should they not? When is it appropriate? When is it not? Yeah, um, I would say, you know, if you feel that you've got a strong advertising mix and this is particularly speaking. Speaking for folks who are selling on Amazon, if you've got a very strong advertising mix on the sponsored side, you feel like, hey, I'm tapped out. I'm doing what I can here. You know, the next place to look is, is you know, we got to bring some people to the platform, let them know about your brand, let them know about your products. Sure. And we, we accomplish that with display ads, yep. you know, making sure that inventory is in a strong place is is probably one of my biggest uh, takeaways there is, you know, hey, it's kind of our philosophy on the sponsored side, even if we're low on inventory, going to be running out, like, you know, let's not continue to spend money on ads that are going to help you expedite an out of stock situation. So inventory is another big piece there. But, you know, really just having a strong foundation on the sponsored side is is really going to put you in a good place to say, hey, uh, I'm ready to move to the next level here. I'm really, really, really ready to start building my brand, letting the people know about me. Sure. Yep. Yep. So a key checklist there 
if inventory is in a good spot, so you've got more sales you can push. That's always the first question. Right. <laughs> and if right. that's not the case, like consider pulling back on sponsor too. But then the next key piece is, all right, do I feel like I've tapped out all the opportunities on the sponsored side? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the next key item. So if you still feel like there's like different ad types that you're not trying on the sponsored side yet, I would start there. You want to build up that foundation. It's building the bottom of the advertising funnel, which a right. lot of the sponsored ads really fall into. And then at that point, now we can start utilizing Amazon's DSP. Um, there are many upper funnel strategies that we can run, but there's also a lot more of like lower funnel strategies, but complexity is a little bit higher. Um, and so if you've got the sponsored side, make sure you've got that lined out first. If you do and you're feeling good about that, now Amazon's DSP is probably a next great point to go to, along with maybe like, you know, incorporating some Google search in. If you're on other channels like Walmart, that's another key piece too. But Amazon's DSP on the Amazon platform is great. And if you're a non-endemic, meaning you're not an Amazon brand, um, then it's kind of a completely different calculus on when Amazon's DSP is good for you there. In that case, if you're running Google display or like if you're advertising, on other social platforms like Facebook or Meadow channels, then I would definitely consider Amazon's DSP too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that that's huge. If, if you're utilizing Google ads, Facebook ads, other display networks, and you're not utilizing Amazon, good chance your competitors are and you're losing out. Sure. So as we look at ramping up for Q4, Mm-hmm. So we're in the initial periods right now. So we're in late August, early September. We're getting ready for those initial sale days in October. Yeah. Where should we be focusing our energy, assuming that we've got sponsored ads lined out, and now we're looking to move into Amazon's DSP kind of for that next level? Like what's key strategy and what's key like actions you take? Yeah, definitely. I would say research is going to be the first thing that you're going to want to do. You know, having a solid full funnel strategy built out on the display side is where we see some of the most successful results for our clients. So, you know, that starts at the bottom of the funnel, you know, making sure that I've got a large enough pool of people to just simply retarget. You know, these are people that have made it to our detail pages. They didn't quite make a purchase. So let's show them some ads, get them to come back and make that purchase. Um, At the same point, we want to continually fill that funnel, you know, fill the bottom part from the top. So then it looks at your competitors. You know, there's direct competitors in the space. Same thing. Let's look at folks that are shopping around, viewing those products, still not making a purchase. You know, hey, here's our product. This is why it's better and you should make a purchase of mine versus theirs. But then the the real research, I think, goes into the upper funnel. You know, what types of audiences are people a part of that are eventually making a purchase of your products? So one great thing that I love to do with everybody is create an audience of people that have purchased my products over the last year. If it's a more seasonal product, you know, try to hone in on those, those dates, you know, the last three months were solid. Awesome. Let's look at the last 90 days then. But it's really just getting an idea of, Hey, I've built this audience of people who have purchased what Amazon then does is they'll, they'll spit out, it's called an overlap report. And this is a, a report that contains audiences that people that have purchased your products are a part of as well. You know, these audiences, uh, it, it gives you audiences of, 
uh, that that contain people with similar traits, characteristics, habits as those who have purchased your product. So that's okay. a good indication of, hey, this is the people that you should be targeting. So what's the output? It's different other audiences that typically fall within that group of people who have purchased your products? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so, Def for instance, let, let's just do an example. So... I don't know. What's a good example? I was uh, going to like outdoor equipment, but let's let's uh, spice it up a bit. You pick one. Oh man, I was going to go to golfing. Okay, <laughs> I don't know go. if that, go, go if that falls into no, outdoor or whatever. That's good. But it's not. It's yeah. not my five-person <laughs> tent or uh, my running example. So I yeah, like that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so I'm a golfer. I love to get out and, and hit the links. But uh, if I am a golf client or a golf advertiser, I'm selling a product on Amazon saying, hey, you know, I want to find people that are purchasing my product so that I can extend my reach or find audiences uh, so I can extend my reach. You know, I feel like I've got a solid foundation on sponsored. I've got a good, uh, good space and in inventory as well. You know, let's expand our reach and target those people that are similar to Tony, who's interested in golf. So that's a great example. You know, I, I purchase golf items on Amazon. I am a part of golf audiences, no doubt, in mm -hmm. market for golf, interested in golf, more of a lifestyle uh, audience as well. But then it also gets into other audiences where, you know, some a lot of the reports that I see for like golf products are, are more geared and tailored towards like luxury sports. Okay. Sure. Uh, you can target people that are, you know, demographically more well off income sure. levels. They're interested in luxury sports. You know, it even gets down to like vehicle types where you're starting to see the Audis, the Mercedes, all of that, like yeah. a bit above my, <laughs> my car, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's the general idea of like, Hey, people are a part of these audiences who are eventually making that purchase. Yeah. Therefore let's extend our reach target those types of audiences, get more people in front of our brand, more eyeballs on our product at the end of the day. Yep. And, and another really cool way to utilize that is just in general, developing the avatar of your customer or splitting it into a couple different segments too. Um, mm -hmm. And so it, it's really fun because you can see there's always audiences that pop up where it's like, huh, okay, that's cool. I never would have put that and that together, but I can definitely see how they're related. Like for golf, like, you know, maybe it's that more wealthy demographic that pops up. And so you see some other like shopping habits that tend to fall into that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm sure a lot of the golf folks are targeting audiences related to golf. But if we can find these other audiences that may not appear related on the surface level, mm -hmm. but actually are. Uh, it can be really valuable and it can be really valuable just in our general marketing activities too. Like it can really broaden your viewpoint on knowing your customer even better. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Overlap reports. So we get that. We define different audiences and mm -hmm. kind of what's like next step. So what, yeah. what's, what's like key strategy for that initial phase? Well, it's, it's kind of going back to the tent pole. So we've done several posts uh, on social over the past couple months talking about the tent pole strategy. Yeah, and you can check out podcasts with both Josh and Noah too. Yep. Yep. Excellent so just podcast. recently recorded. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's really the, the tent pole idea or really just kind of like the timeline. Sure. What are we doing when? So thinking about the big deal days that's going to be happening in October, even going into the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you know, we know that these big events are happening. There's going to be a large influx of traffic coming to the platform. Let's start getting our message out there beforehand. 
So this, I think, kind of correlates directly with uh, a lot of buzz that we see around the search query performance report, too, sure. for the sponsored side. It's like, yeah. hey, identifying trends of keyword searches and let's start, you know, going heavy on those keywords a couple weeks before that trend actually happens, mm -hmm. positioning ourselves well. It's the exact same idea on the display side where, hey, this this big deal is going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. Let's start upper funnel targeting there. You know, we're going after those audiences that are in market for, you know, your category or different audiences that you've discovered with the overlap report as well. It's really just getting the message out there. Hey, here's my brand. Here's my product. Making a connection with those folks. You know, maybe you're throwing some custom creatives at them, really trying to get that connection built, um, you know, coming around then to the deal day. You've built up that recognition, the awareness, the engagement. Now when the deal days roll around, I'm hosting a deal or even just relying on that added traffic to the platform to say, okay, now I've generated all this interest. Let's capitalize on it with retargeting. Sure. So you go a little bit more heavy then on the lower part of the funnel. You still want to continue to keep that upper funnel piece active, you know, especially if you are running a deal. We know from, from Prime Days, some of our analysis that a deal is is one of the most impactful levers that you can have yeah. using Amazon's rec creatives. And that's kind of more of a, uh, a dynamic ad that that generates uh, shows all the different ad types. It looks more similar to like an Amazon ad or an Amazon detail page, too. That's going to also highlight that there's a deal hanging out there. So you don't just want to strictly say, OK, the deal's here. Let's cut off our upper funnel and just focus on the retargeting. You know, you want to keep kind of a healthy mix of the upper funnel as well. That still showcases your deals, draws interest, uh, generates engagement, bringing people to your page. So, sure. yeah. Yeah, I love it. I was just going through a uh, preview recording and we were just walking through a presentation we'll be doing with Amazon, kind of covering deals and then advertising strategies. And we went through a tentpole strategy and everything else like that. And so, um, yeah, if you're tuning in now to the podcast, keep your eyes open for that webinar too, where we can kind of reinforce some of these items that we're going through. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, thinking about the tentpole too, it's kind of a more unique uh, tentpole, I would say, for Q4 than say your average sale day, like a prime day, you know, prime day, you've got a couple of weeks of a lead in period generating that interest, awareness, engagement, um, you know, really capitalizing on the day of, and then you have a lead out strategy as well, where you're continuing to retarget people more. So, um, trying to, to get them to come back and make that purchase. But thinking about Q4, you know, the lead out period is, is, I don't want to say it's non-existent, but it's just a little <laughs> bit different. You yeah. know, it's kind of like, hey, we've got this lead in period. Uh, the big deal day happens or Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Um, and then it's really just kind of game on until yep. like <laughs> December 20th. You yeah. know, that's and that's for, the whole for activity. Anybody, uh, the, so what the trends look like is what we'll see is we'll see a peak in sales for the prime big deal days. And then it's going to taper off a little bit. And then throughout November, it's going to be the steady build coming into Black Friday, Cyber Monday. It's going to have a peak there. Mm -hmm. But then after that, then it just stays strong through about December, usually December, between December 15th and December 20th. 20th, we start to see right. a taper off. So overall sales start to drop and then it really plummets coming up on whenever prime shipping cannot reach you right. before Christmas. At that point, that's when it really starts to drop off. And so that's a good point because usually like for say like prime day, 
we have this lead out period and it's a pretty, you know, now you're just capitalizing on all the traffic that came and trying to draw them back and then trying to draw them to repeat purchase if mm -hmm. it's a consumable. But if we look at like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, kind of our event is like, in this instance is Black Friday through December 15th right. or 20th with some fine tuning in between. Yep. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I wouldn't necessarily say like, that's it and cut it off either. Yeah. One of the things that I have to continue to remind myself of too is Amazon gift cards make a great gift idea too sure. for folks for the holidays. So, you know, December 25th, even 26th, 27th, you know, folks are like, Hey, I got this hundred bucks or 50 bucks in my hand. What can I buy? You yeah. know, they go back to the platform, they're shopping around too. So if it is something that they might have shown an interest with uh, previously, still some time to capitalize on those folks post those shipping days being being uh, not able to get there by Christmas or whatever holiday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for some of those listening, they're yelling right now and they're saying upper funnel strategies don't work. Oof. You don't get a good return. Amazon DSP, I never see the sales. How do you, you get this quite a bit? Like how, how, yeah. do you, how do you respond there? What's your take on that? I mean, the, the very first thing I say is, you know, we're not looking at ROAS talking about upper funnel strategies. Sure. Uh, we're targeting folks that are in market or have a certain lifestyle for something. Um, uh, I'm not necessarily looking at ROAS at all. You know, if I see some sales coming straight from those ads, awesome. You know, that's a benefit. But I'm more focused on people coming to my page being, you know, seeing my brand, seeing what my branded searches do, what are my click through rates, detail page view rates looking like there. But what then we can also do is utilize the power of AMC to really see the Amazon impact. marketing cloud. Yep. Amazon marketing cloud. Thank you. Yep. You know, harnessing the that power as well can help us better draw the conclusions that uh, we're hopefully seeing with our upper funnel advertising and saying, hey, this is what initially uh, a shopper was exposed to that led to an eventual purchase. Yep. You know, with last, last touch attribution model in council, you can definitely lose out on some of those important metrics that you want to keep an eye on. Um, but you can really kind of paint the full picture of, hey, this is uh, an impactful ad. I may not see the immediate ROAS or returns there, but eventually it led to a sale. I know this was impactful. Sure. Yeah. And so for those listening to you say, well, all right, if ROAS looks really bad, it's not driving sales. The key nuance is how ROAS is measured. And so ROAS is always on a last touch attribution model like Tony just touched on. And so what that means is that with those initial brand building ads, what we're trying to do is introduce them to the brand or introduce them to our products. And so throughout that journey, they're more than likely going to be exposed to other ads, mm -hmm. especially if we're doing our job because you don't, right. where, where people fall with upper funnel advertising too is you'll do a bunch of upper funnel brand building ads and I'm using quotes brand building, but then you don't have any of the bottom of the funnel built out. Right. And so what we want to do is make sure that those who are seeing these upper funnel ads are being exposed to our ads multiple times because the data shows us that there's a certain frequency and you know I've seen about six to eight depending on the products, but it can definitely vary. Um, the, the number of times that they need to see our ads to drive them to the purchase. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking at ROAS for those upper funnel ads, the sale is not going to get attributed to it 
it with their traditional ROAS metrics right. because it's last touch attribution, which means the last ad that they saw or viewed for ViewBist is going to receive the sale in terms of ad metrics, and the upper funnel stuff isn't. Right. Um, and so what we can do is we can see the full customer journey. Another key metric that we love to look at, especially for clients that have high lifetime values, is new to brand percentages. You know, if we're trying to draw new people in, we can look at new to brand percentages and how much of the new customers, how many of the purchases that we're driving through our ads are new to brand. And then you can combine that with lifetime value. Now you can see that these ads, if I look purely at a ROAS basis, won't look good. Right. But if I look at my lifetime value combined with new to brand, now this makes a lot more sense overall. And so that's another key thing to keep in mind. If you're selling a 15 to $20 product, like 10 to 15 bucks, like, and it's a one-time purchase and you typically don't get other purchases for your brand and it's not a repeat purchase, yeah, going upper funnel is going to be really tricky because you just don't have the margin there. And so if you're selling those type of products, I wouldn't consider Amazon DSP except maybe some lower funnel strategies, but in that case, sponsored would probably do you just fine. Um, And so it's those brands and those products that have the higher margin or have higher repeat purchases where it starts to really make sense overall. And you can really look at the brands who are advertising on TV or radio or who's doing upper funnel strategies and start to tie together, okay, what's the consistency with these products that I'm seeing? It makes sense for a lot of folks. It doesn't make sense for other folks. So you just have to take that context into account too. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that that hits on an important point. It's display market it's not for everybody. You know, we got to make sure that we're always doing what's in the best interest of the brands, the advertisers as well. You know, if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. And that's okay. Yep. Yeah. So for anybody who's looking at getting and ramping up Q4, if you feel like what you've heard, your products are really aligned to those goals, feel free to reach out. We'd love to take a look. Um, Q4 is rapidly approaching and to get the most benefit, especially if we're starting to go more upper funnel to drive more of these sales, we should probably get going pretty soon. So if that's the case, feel free to reach out. Uh, We can get you connected with our display team, including Tony. So lots of good stuff there. I guess any other key takeaways before we wrap this up on the Amazon DSP side? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the main takeaway right now is it's go time. Let's start planning. Early bird gets the worm, as they say. Um, you know, get your plan in place, ready to go, so you're not scrambling at the last minute. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, for all those who are listening, Q4 is rapidly approaching. Um, <laughs> and then I will also plug, we're going to be at multiple conferences coming up this fall. Right, yep. um, so Amazon Accelerate, both Tony and I are going to be there. We've got Unbox, both Tony and I are going to be there, along with multiple members of the team for both of those conferences. We're also going to be at the Main Street Summit in Columbia, Missouri, which is a conference built out for a lot of like small to medium-sized businesses. We're, we're having a lot of fun. We're with some folks down there. So we're going to be going down to um, Southern or mid-Missouri coming up in early November too. So if you're going to any of these conferences, make sure you reach out or swing by and talk to us. Definitely. And even if not, uh, feel free to reach out. We'd love to talk to you about Q4 strategy because you may have had a good Q4 before, but we feel like we could probably do it a little bit better. So you that's bet. my plug. <laughs> As always, really appreciate you listening to the Ad Project Podcast, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.